Welcome back everybody to Behind the Mic with me, David Cotter. I was joined on episode 37 by Gary McGowan. Many of you might actually recognise him by his former name, Skinny Gaz. And for those of you who don't, Gary is the founder of health and fitness coaching and education company Triage Method. I think in the 21st century we are kind of, we seem to be sold a lot on get rich quick business schemes and stuff on the internet. Gary's proof that taking the difficult road but more traditional path in many ways can pay off and has for him. Uh, He recently qualified as a medical doctor. He has a degree in physiotherapy and he gained these two qualifications while working full-time on his own online coaching business. So um, he's a great inspiration for a lot of us and he certainly has been for me. We're going to get to the episode now fairly shortly, but this episode is brought to you by Regreen Media. Regreen Media is a marketing agency focused on creating simple short-form content for small business owners across Ireland and beyond. In 2023, organic video content is one of the best forms of advertising there is. If you're interested in having a quick call about what Regreen can do for you and your small business, you can book a call at the link below. Now, we are ready, no we're not ready to start the episode, I want to thank people for um, dropping ratings on the show, it's very much appreciated and they are climbing steadily, slowly and steadily, Um, but yeah, I just want to say thank you for that, so if you are a new listener or if you've listened to a couple of the episodes and haven't given it a rating on Spotify, please do drop a star on it and subscribe to my YouTube and you can subscribe on Spotify as well. Um, if you have any other questions about podcasting or anything like that, you can just shoot me a message. Happy to take any questions or give guidance wherever I can be of use. I have dropped Gary's social media handles in the program notes. So if you want to contact Gary about health, fitness or education in either of them fields, drop him a message. And uh, yeah, so without further ado, episode 37, Gary, Dr. Gary McGowan. Here we go. Gary, thanks for coming on and thank me for, or thank me, thank you for giving me your time. Um, I'm very um, appreciative of people when they give up time, especially someone like yourself that's a very busy person. No problem at all. It's it's always a pleasure. You know, it's it's an honor to be asked to to speak for any reason, and I you know I enjoy speaking and stuff. And it's even nicer to hear a familiar accent. You know, I, we were we were humming and hawing before the podcast about whether you're from. From Kerry or Cork because you've got the, that bit of a mix of an accent so I'm a Kerry man myself so I, I'm sympathetic to the cause yeah yeah the, the mongrel accent I'll tell you I'll actually tell you a good one right I um I would say I first probably came across you right when I was not not in person though but you know online probably I'm gonna say maybe when I was in third or fourth year of college and I'd say I think it was on YouTube maybe YouTube or, or Instagram mm. And I was looking at this guy and I was you, I was looking at you and you were kind of talking about the gym and personal training. And you were after stand, starting your business, I believe at the time. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, the time yeah, might yeah. match up, but I think that you were talking about your business. And I was looking at this guy and I was like, what the fuck is his deal, man? He's in college. Why isn't he out like doing what I'm doing, getting drunk, you know, doing all stupid shit. I was like, yeah, this yeah. guy is such a sad old. Like I was looking at, it, at you and I was like, 
Oh, jar. And you were cool looking. Like, I remember, did you have your ears pierced? Yeah, yeah. I still kind of got the remnants of them. I had them stretched, you know? Yeah, man. I was like, this guy, is he Jordy Shore? Is he um, is he a, um, an academic? And like, had the physio background. I was like, what is this guy's deal? I was like, he's so lame anyway, whatever he's doing, because he's posting and stuff like that, posting on Instagram and social media, talking about the gym. And the gym wasn't yeah. very popular yet. That's probably no, like six yeah. or seven years ago now. Six six or no it'd be probably five years ago it's uh, five or six um so i was just thinking to myself well about another couple of years had passed and i came across your stuff and i'd started the podcast again <clears throat> and i was just thinking to myself god i was some fucking donkey for thinking that back in the day i was like it's mad though isn't it like how perspectives change and yeah and, and I, I think particularly for you know, fellas like ourselves, like you grew up in kind of maybe a smaller, more rural area. Like that's pretty common thinking. If anyone kind of stands out a little bit among the crowd, you're like, come back in. Like, you know, it's almost crabs in a bucket. Um, And at the time, you know, when, when I first started posting on social media about, about fitness and stuff, I actually started when I, when I was in secondary school, I started kind of posting my first few like Instagrams of me starting the gym and like, that was that that was at the time when the idea of having a protein shake like you may as well have just had needles in your arse you were taking all the steroids like you get mocked for having a protein shake and i remember jim shark at the time had just started as a brand and i remember following lewis and ben francis initially when they started and it was so exciting and i remember ordering the first few of their pieces of clothing and delighted with myself but the abuse you get for wearing something like that, you know, Gymshark. Oh, mm. who do you think you are, Gymshark? And I just think it's so funny now because you walk down the street, you've got random people who, some people don't, don't even go to the gym and they're all wearing Gymshark. And it's just like, oh, it's it's funny how things change over time. It's mad. Like, and I was I was trying to figure out, I was like, why, why, why did I not, why did I not like him? And I had the same thing, um, once I started doing this podcast and putting my own self out there. So this is going on about a year, right? <clears throat> I had the exact same thing. The second I started creating, um, or actually the second I left college, you know, I kind of softened, my mind softened. Um, had the exact same thing with Rob Lipset. I thought, I was like, that guy's a tool. What's he doing with his shirt off? You know, like, good looking guy, shredded. I was like, and I was assessing this a lot more, lately you know because i i'd be um i suppose auditing myself and my thoughts a lot more I'm like what what was it and it was i've put it down to obviously the the ambition that you guys had at the time absolutely crushed me and i've heard people talking about this that not crushed me i yeah i suppose actually did crush me but not like in a i'm gonna shrivel up and cry sense but like in a kind of i'm gonna tear him down now, I wasn't saying it to anyone, you know, I wasn't saying, look at this guy from Clarny. He's a he thinks he's um, a personal trainer or, you know, a gym guy. But in my own mind, that's what I used to think about guys that were posting on Instagram, posting on YouTube. Um, it's very, it's very interesting, man. And now it's just like flipped. It's just completely flipped. And I'm sure there are people probably saying it about me with the podcast, but it's just mad, isn't it? Absolutely. And I think that's actually something that's really important to reflect on. So like I always do this myself because there are people that I would come across on social media to whom I would have the same reaction that you would have had back in the day. And that, that's entirely normal. But what you have to do is 
you have to identify that kind of internal psychological conflict and ask yourself, why is this making me feel this way? You know, there's a concept from Carl Jung in his kind of framework of psychology called psychological projection. And the idea basically is that often what we do is we're projecting kind of our own insecurities, the things that maybe we don't like about ourselves, we see them in others and they trigger like a, a really intense response. So for example, it could be that, you know, maybe I'm into the gym, but I'm not great at GAA, let's say. That's a good example because it's so important in carry. Then I become this kind of anti-GAA person because I see all the people, they're getting status because of playing GAA, they're getting status because of playing football. And I start saying these things, let's say like, oh, it's a backward sport. It's an Irish sport. It's not even a professional sport. But really it's because I don't play GA. I don't get that status. I was never good at GA. You know, they're the types of things that you have to be able to identify in yourself because when you overcome those things, you're actually able to have, um, firstly, like a lot more love for other people, which is a good thing, but also a lot more love for yourself because you're able to say, right, you know, there are things that I'm not good at. If I'm able to identify those in others, and I'm able to admire them and be inspired by what they're doing, that's far better from a psychological perspective. Yeah, absolutely, man. And I actually, I see I see it every day with myself, like, and I see you, the Jocko shirt on there, like, as well, like, he's he's a man, like, I love listening to, the, to them guys as well, like, and they've, they've been very much responsible for a lot of the change that I've had over the last two years in myself, being, whether that was going back to college, reassessing what I'm actually enjoying, starting the podcast things like that but even if even if i see someone now out in the street maybe that's heavy and going for a jog you know like i'm like that fucker's getting after it like you know he's yes he's doing something like and it's the same in the gym you see heavy guy you know you might have looked at him before and you're like what are you doing use the machine properly like in your head whereas now it's like go on motherfucker go for it like you know no it's 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 really yeah it's it's nice actually to be honest and i I'm not sure if I ever would have got this to this kind of state of mind. And I'm at, I'm not saying that I'm at any kind of, you know, high level, but I'm just at a state now where I'm kind of like congratulatory to everyone who's trying something. Yes. A hundred percent. And like, that's something that my, my grandfather always alludes to as well. Like it's, it's a, it's such a, it's a very simple idea, but what he says is, you know, never judge, never judge a man or never laugh at a man who puts on his clothes and goes out to work in the morning. You know, that, if someone is trying to do something they're making an honest effort at life you know that's that is good enough you know that you don't have to have the these massive aspirations to be famous and have a yacht and all these things like these ordinary everyday achievements are actually difficult enough and worthy enough in and of themselves and that you should respect people for making those efforts so that's definitely something i've evolved on over the years in terms of especially in a gym environment because a classic example kind of related to what you were saying would be each year we have an influx of new year's resolution people into the gym and there's a tendency for experienced gym goers to look at them and say oh look at these idiots here again for two weeks you know they're they don't know how to use the machines they're taking up space but if you're able to actually say right at another time i'm giving out about people not exercising these people are actually making an effort and then questioning why don't they stay in the gym? Maybe it's because of people like me who are making it a bit of a hostile environment. What if when they weren't using the machine properly, I said, would you like a bit of a hand? If they say no, that's fine. But at least you offered. You know, that's they're the types of things that make the gym environment more friendly for people. And again, it just comes back to respecting the fact that 
anyone that puts one foot in front of the other has made a good decision and others should support that. Yeah, man. I was actually in the sauna of the 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 pool that I go to there um lately enough and I was talking to a guy. I meet him quite often inside there. You know, he he's not the most pleasant person to listen to, we'll say no, because he gives out about everything. And he was just blinding about young fellas in the gym that they're they don't know what they're doing and stuff like that. But I was kind of thinking in my own head and I ended up saying to him, I was like, but sure they're in here. Like they're doing, they're doing their thing. They're getting started. And again, I kind of came out of myself or came out of the sauna. I'm chasing loads of pats on the back for myself this evening. But I came out and I, I was like, Jesus, fair play. You know, you kind of stood up for the young lads inside. And, oh, yeah. you know, like they were doing their thing. They were doing the same thing that everyone did when they started the gym. You know, they were going in in groups of three and four. They're probably not doing much, but they were doing something like. And I don't know what your man's problem was. Maybe they intimidated or said something to him, but he didn't say that. But I was just kind of like, you have to tear them down when they're in there and they're not out drinking or smoke or, you know, beating up the town somewhere. Like, you know, they were doing something good. Yeah, absolutely. I, I remember when I had, when I was actually, I was only about 18 at the time, maybe. And I was, again, just kind of getting into the gym. And, you know, looking back at the gym goer that I was, like, yeah, I was probably like vain, you know, training a lot, just loads of chest, like probably admiring myself in the gym and things like that. Like looking back, I'm like, oh yeah, a little, little bit cringe, Gary. But I remember it was kind of at the start of like social media stuff. So I'd, I'd take my progress photos and I'd video some of my lifts and things like that. And I remember the gym that I was training in, they put up this like a uh, passive aggressive kind of poster, basically saying like, like I was the only one that filmed in the gym at the time, I'm pretty sure. So it was fairly direct, but it was basically like a, a meme, one of the original memes. And it was mocking people who like take photos of themselves in the gym or no one wants to fill, see you being filmed in the gym, something along those lines. And, you know, a couple of years later, I was like, like at the time, I obviously resented it. And then a couple of years later, I said, ah, yeah, sure, they were probably right. I was being a bit cringe. But now as I look back and I think, what, what, what is an 18-year-old like in a gym environment? I think it is a bit, a bit childish in, in creating that hostile environment. Like I see a lot of people in gyms these days, younger guys, and yeah, they're doing silly things. And there's probably a lot of like TikTok culture that influences the things that people do. But at the end of the day, they're in the gym, they're making a positive effort towards living a better life. They're going to mature over time. And I think we all have to remember that we were 18 years old, 17 years old at once as well. Yeah, man, that's 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 an absolute fact, actually. I see a lot of lads um, in front of the mirror above um, in the gym as well. And I'd be kind of looking at them. And to be fair, now my first thought always is like, oh, not in yeah, front of me. Like, not in front of me, like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but then again, like, you know, it's it's so funny. Like, I, I'd be thinking that in my head about the lads. I wouldn't say anything to them, obviously. You know, it's not my place at all. But then what is the first thing that I'd go look at on social media is some dude like David Goggins running with a short top. And what's the, what's the difference there? Like, you know, or, you know, um, what's his name? Um, what's the, the fella, Mr. Olympia? He has the lisp. Um, not Mr. Olympia, but... Uh, Ronnie Coleman, the former. Yeah, yeah. Like look, looking at pictures of him. With, no, I was thinking of the the fella who he's not Mr. Olympia. Said, Chris Bumstead. That's it. Seabum. Yeah. yeah. You know, like I follow him and I quite like his content. For sure, he's always top as far as like you know. But it's just because he has the frame to carry the, the shirt exactly, off. Yeah. You know, like that. I'm I'm accepting of that. But uh, yeah, man, it's 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 kind of I suppose um, it's pleasant 
when you start doing something yourself that you're able to accept everyone else when they're kind of doing something as well. So that was just kind of my, I suppose, two pence on that. But um, I'm kind of, <clears throat> I really like the way you go about things as well. Like, you know, you're, you could, you, you could have chosen an online coaching path. You know, I know you have your triage business um, or triage, um, but you've decided to take such um not a difficult path, but a rewarding one in my eyes anyway. The more I've listened to you speak about it on other podcasts and the more I've thought about this myself going through medicine, like what what is your thought process or, or why did you not choose to focus on triage full time and why have you decided to go back and study medicine? Well, I've always tried to be kind of, I've always tried to be very deliberate in terms of the decisions that I make. So for example, I've been on social media for about the bones of 10 years posting fitness stuff. I have a decent enough following, not a massive following, but a decent enough following that, that trusts me. And I've never done like any brand deals, no sponsored posts, nothing like that. And all those decisions have been very deliberate. So all along, I've tried to maintain that of the things that I post, the way that I behave online, the way that we market, et cetera, that it all is, is in line with my own you know, personal ethical values, my my standards for myself. And the same thing come, comes with those broader life decisions. And like when it when I came to that crossroads, so I finished studying physiotherapy. That was my previous degree. And I thought to myself that I really liked the medical components of physiotherapy. I thought I had I thought then about would it be is that a path that's viable for me? And I faced this decision between do I go into four years of medicine and all the postgraduate training that comes with it, take a financial hit because basically it's far more financially rewarding for me, to be honest, if I had just gone down the online coaching path, would also would have had a lot more freedom on that side. I could have worked on my laptop anywhere in the world. I have that luxury. Um, and also I'd be taking a lot of stress off myself because medicine was intensely stressful. There's no denying it. Uh, but the thing for me really is that I'm not, I don't make my decisions to make myself feel good in the short term. Like, like for me, how I feel day to day in the next four years in terms of like how well rested I am, like how happy I feel, etc. I treat them a little bit differently maybe to how some other people would. I, I always view decisions as a long-term investment in line with those standards that I have for myself and in line with kind of moral values. You know, what do I think is a good contribution for me in the world? What do I think is a worthwhile career path? Where am I best served, etc. Um, and also what provides me with value? You know, I like being challenged. I like an intellectual challenge. I like, the, I like a stressful challenge. And medicine was very much that for me. Now, don't get me wrong. I didn't just do it to be challenged. I found it incredibly interesting. Like I'm really interested in in medical science and in disease and, and health, of course. So all of those things kind of came together to drive that decision. A lot of people would say it's maybe a little bit counterintuitive. It would seem like if you have your own business and it's doing well and you'll have more freedom by doing that, that like it would seem obvious to do that. But even if I was just looking at doing triage long-term, and not actually working in medicine long term, me having a medical degree and having that additional education and to some degree, a bit of prestige as well, because obviously the title is respected within the fitness industry. 
all of that is a long-term investment, okay? So it's it's a bit like putting away your savings for four years, letting them accumulate interest and coming back to them in 10 years. That's another way that, that I looked at it at the time. Yeah, man, and I've, I've heard you talking, and I, I'm not sure whose podcast it was, about the the utility of the medical degree in in an idea you had going forward where you would like to you know almost integrate both of them together in in a future business kind of plan i suppose the evolution of triage and that would that was really interesting to me because i i started thinking you know more about it and i was looking at the people you know i'd follow on social media and things like that and with the greatest of respects to the fitness industry it is so diluted with rubbish and even there you saying about kind of um you you were talking about not taking brand deals and things things like that or you know not posting a picture with a my protein shake or whatever it may be something like that um it's it's rare to see someone sticking to their guns like that and actually going beyond that even further you know because what you're doing is cementing yourself as a education source and as a authentic education source you know you're you're not in it to get rich well financial benefits will will come down the line you know Um, but yeah it's 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 really good man it's very admirable yeah and but but the thing is as well like you know don't get me wrong it's not like i have under armor and nike knocking at my doors (laughs) (laughs) we want to sponsor you you know like i'm not against people doing like brand deals and sponsorships, et cetera. I think that's actually, I think it's a good way of doing business for a brand. And I think it's great for influencers as well, as long as you're being honest with yourself. Okay. Mm. And I think a lot of people are not honest with themselves. They promote bullshit realistically. You know, you see fitness influencers and they're posting all this kind of, you know, skin products and teeth products and different types of clothing, things that they wouldn't actually use if it wasn't for them being provided for free or they're get, them getting financial kickback. You know, if someone's sponsored by, let's say, my protein, and they actually use my protein supplements, and they really enjoy them, and they think it's a good brand to promote, that's fantastic. That's good for both the brand and the individual. But I think long term, if you're promoting supplements, promoting products that you don't genuinely believe in, I think that takes more away from you than it does anyone else. I think long term that 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 adds up. You know, I, I think I would always have that little feeling in the back of my head if I was doing that, that I was, I don't know, not being true to myself or something. And I, I don't think that's a good feeling. Yeah. And especially when you, like you spoke about being deliberate and the more things you kind of add in on the side, on the side of that, you're kind of diluting the focus even more and more yes. again, which is something I struggle with massively. You know, I, um, I was, I was just listening to you there and I try and model like, you know, everyone that I talked to on the podcast, I spoke to you about this before that, you know, I use the podcast ca- podcast, you know, to try and figure myself out by talking to other people. So I, I, I try and model myself, take bits out of them, take bits out of that, that person. And you in particular, like, um, I really like the kind of, um, the deliberate nature and it's something that I don't have, you know, so right now, you know, I'm never certain of anything. You know, I'm always kind of like, mm, do I like this career path? Do I not? Will I will I even stick in it long enough to figure it out? But then I, I kind of look at yourselves and I listen to Jordan Peterson and, you know, like it's aim, aim, in, aim in this direction and keep going. He's And, you know, like there might be another avenue, you know, um, line up for you properly along the way, but just keep moving forward, you know. Um, 
but it's it's interesting that you talk about deliberate like how deliberate have has your kind of previous educations been you know from physiotherapy to medicine was medicine a step you foresaw while you're in physio or was it just kind of something that kind of came to you once you were finished yeah i think i think the the quote you just mentioned from peterson is actually kind of a perfect analogy of the path i followed because what you said was that you aim in a solid direction and like that there might be another option once you get there or once you're on the way but but just aim in a solid direction even if it's difficult even if it's going to hurt like take that path if it's a reliable path and for me that actually started so i after leaving cert i went into sports and exercise science in ul initially and i did first year of that and i thought to myself like i was already really interested in exercise physiology all the science related to the gym and stuff like that so th that was already an interest it was a passion and i thought to myself this doesn't really qualify me as anything in particular you know an exercise scientist don't have a role but i wanted a, a kind of a, a more clear professional qualification out the other end of college that i and not just knowledge that i would learn anyway okay that's mm -hmm. not to say I wouldn't have learned more if I continued to do exercise science, but I knew that a lot of things I was interested in, I would continue studying them anyway. So I took that again, that deliberate path of saying it would be better to come out the other end of this with an additional skill set. So physiotherapy served that purpose. And that's what kind of drove me into physio. And I wouldn't say that prior to that, I had any intention of doing medicine. Like, to be honest, I, I didn't, I didn't ever envisage myself as being that type of person, you know, in, in secondary school and things like that. Like I, I wasn't an, a nerd as such, you know, I did well, but I wouldn't, I would have thought medicine is for the nerds. That's for, <laughs> for like tops people chasing six two five points. And that, that just wasn't me. That wasn't who I was. It wasn't part of my identity. But as I moved through physio, I began to realize that, you know, it's, it's not just those people that end up going into medicine and that I, I realized that okay you're actually kind of good at some of this healthcare stuff you're good at learning these health sciences and I realized I was actually quite interested in it so again it was one of those deliberate decisions in the end where aiming in the direction of medicine and like worst case scenario you come out with a medical degree which is almost guaranteed to get you a job so whatever you do from there you've got that medical degree like that's a brilliant start from there okay so again it was one of those things where yeah it's gonna suck but it's a probably a good decision even if you don't decide to stay in medicine for the rest of your life it's going to afford you additional opportunities it's going to benefit your business so again that that's where that de deliberate decision making comes in yeah that's insane man that you actually even thought about it from even if you don't stay in medicine that you'll still use it you know like because if someone was going into medicine you're like you know, like, especially we'll say, for example, if I went into medicine now, my mother would say if I was to leave medicine, Jesus Christ, you know, what are you thinking? Like, you know, it's it's so funny that you have like the clarity of mind or I suppose actually the ease of mind that you're able to say to yourself, well, if if 10 years down the line, I'm done being a doctor, you know, I'm happy enough to come back in and, you know, do something else. You know, like I fucking I love that kind of um that that malleable nature like that you have to your brain like and your kind of your whole life it's like i'll go on this path now but i'm happy to like you know 360 and and go this direction then um i'm, I'm aware like they're all to in the fair, medical field but to be fair as well like i mean it's probably giving me a bit more credit than i deserve because there's also 
like I'm blessed to be in the position and I was blessed to be in the position prior to medicine of having my own business and a source of income while I was in medicine. For someone that doesn't have that already, it's far riskier. Okay. So, mm -hmm. and someone who doesn't already have other skill sets. So if, if I failed exams and couldn't get through medicine, okay, I'm going to have to drop out, but I got my business. I've got skill set in personal training, et cetera, that I can fall back on. And I know that'll keep me going. So there's that as well in terms of having almost like an insurance policy. Like I think risk-taking is good, but don't risk everything if you mm. don't, if you're not fairly certain that it's a good, it's a good call. You know, I think you can be, some people are probably too risk prone um, and they don't think things through enough. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. The, the, the finances definitely come into it. And I was actually thinking about this myself, you know, if, um, because the marketing agency that I run, it's not too labor intensive. It doesn't take me that much time. And there are systems that I can put in place to automate a lot of it anyway. Um, and I was thinking, you know, if I got to a certain stage, all I would probably do for the rest of my days, if, you know, let it take away over in the background, you know, work a couple of hours a day. But I, I would never see myself and I have never been one that kind of would like to kick back on the beach and, you know, like go to parties. You know, that's just not me. I'd probably just keep re-entering into college, keep doing degrees, yeah, you yeah. know, like just stack them up because it's like for me. I'm, I I read, I read every day, but not to the extent that a lot of people do. But I love the environment of being in the class. You know, like I love I love the learning environment the college gives. And I know it's shit on a lot lately um, or yeah. throughout the Internet and things like that. Um, but uh, yeah, man, it's uh, it's it, it is definitely a hand when you have a bit of money, a bit of money at the side that you can kind of help yourself through it. Um, how what was how how did you fit it all in so you you have you still have the business that means getting up early right mm -hmm, it does <laughs> do you want to go a bit into um your your daily routine because i'm sure uh, people that are listening to this will be uh, amazed by it i i hope they'll be inspired by it though because that's that's what it does to me when i yeah. when i when i've listened to you talk on podcasts previously and i had been doing it I got myself into a really good routine. And then once I'd listened to you, I was like, this motherfucker's killing it. And he's getting up at four. And I was only getting up at half five. I was like, damn, stretch it back to five for a while for me. Like, you know, I was like, if, this, if someone that's doing better than me is doing this, I need to do a bit better for myself, you know? But uh, yeah, do you, can you give us a small little run through what a day in the life of uh, Gary McGowan is like? <laughs> Yes. The first caveat is that like any time I talk about a day in life, I get a load of shit from people saying, oh, th this isn't healthy. Fuck them. Fuck them is what I say. I, I don't want to I don't I, I don't want to live like this. I have this responsibility, blah, blah, blah. Me talking about my day has no bearing on you. I don't care what you do. You can do your thing. This works for me. Some people prefer to stay up late at night at work. Some people prefer to have more re relaxation time. That's perfectly fine. I'm not telling you you should do this. But <laughs> A typical day kind of for me, like, let's go, like I'm finished medicine now, but let's say I'm in my final year of medicine and I'm working away on um, triage, I'm training, et cetera. Something along the lines of getting up maybe around half four. Okay. So that's generally when I would get up if I had been in bed on time the night before. If I stayed up late, I might get up a little bit later. Okay. I'm not that rigid, but around 4.30 is what is the time I generally get up. I'll start to do a little bit of work until about six go to the gym around six um, 
and then I that so that's that's before college or placement or whatever. And then I'll go into the hospital and placement. That's what I would have done. That could be between maybe eight and nine. And depending on the day, being there until some days only maybe 12 o'clock or so. Some days it could be four or five. It depends on the placement that you're on. And then when I come home, I do, again, a, cu a couple of hours of work. And if I'm going to jiu-jitsu in the evening, I'll go to jiu-jitsu around seven. Um, if not, I'll work until between nine and 10 go to sleep and then repeat. And it's kind of just that on repeat, on repeat, on repeat. Um, that's how most, how my life has been for pretty much as, as long as I can remember throughout adulthood, really, because like for, for most of my adult years so far, I've had, you know, a, a business and, and training to do and being in college. So um, that's just what works for me. I've, I'm, a, I'm a morning person. It's what I enjoy. That's not to say that it's inherently superior or anything to someone that stays up till midnight or one in the morning to work on their things. And similarly, like I'm definitely a bit of a workaholic. You know, that's everyone thinks that's a virtue, but it's as much of a vice at times. Um, I'm not good at relaxing. I don't watch TV. You know, so these are all things that are that are trade-offs. And I always speak about that in terms of trade-offs because I don't want to sell you my lifestyle. I don't want to sell anyone else my lifestyle. I live in accordance with, as I said previously, the things that I value, the things that I know about myself. And for me, I get a lot of value, a lot of fulfillment out of being busy, out of working on things, learning new things, etc. I don't get much fulfillment out of watching, you know, television series and things like that. Some people do. They love it. They talk about it with their friends. They read forums about the series and the movies they're watching and stuff. Nothing wrong with it at all. But that's just how I live my life. Mm. Could you make, if you like, if you wanted to, could you make triage be your full time job? Is there enough work in it for it to be a nine, 10 hour day if you wanted? Like, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And and at the moment now it is because I'm, I'm done medicine. So for for now, at least anyway, um, until I until I'm in the hospital, I'm, I'm working full time at triage. There's there's more than enough to do, you know, in terms of. It just means doing, I'll take on more coaching clients. Okay. I had them capped at a certain number when I was in medicine. I'll take on more now. I'll work out more on um, marketing, more on content production, et cetera. So there's always more to do, which is almost always the case when you have your own business. Mm -hmm. And particularly when you, if you're not at like a hundred percent capacity already, then there's always more to be done. Yeah. 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 Um, no. Cause I was just wondering, I was like, you know, if, if, if you had, you know, that roof, that you that you kind of keep your clients at or the amount of clients that you you cater to um because i'd imagine for someone like you that stays busy and you wouldn't want to mess with the flow of the actual business um you were you would probably be like getting anxious at the thought of you know not having enough to do like because i know myself that definitely since after christmas since i've got back into the nine to five and i um my own side business is going better and my podcast is going better so i have the three things in my life that fill fill it up and of course i have my girlfriend too she gets she gets a bit of time too um, and me. yeah and you yeah and the guests podcast man of course the weekly hour or two with, with someone else um but i i my life filled to the absolute butt now you know like i might have a spare hour in the evening to watch a bit of uh, a series or something you know like but 
nothing else i can't really fit in anything else and it's fucking like i i can put my hand on my heart and say it like it's it's as good as i've felt physically mentally ever in my life and it's as full as my life has been for a very very long time um and i i get the thought that if i was to ever stop and like you know slow down on one of them that i would hit a really anxious point you know where i'd be like oh i need i need to fill up that time again with something else is is that something you fear of fear the kind of i suppose switching off actually is probably the the, the fear yeah and, and like that's something i would have struggled with i think more in the past now i'm more comfortable with taking time off like i wouldn't say i wouldn't say it's when i feel at my best um i feel at my best when i'm when i'm doing something i'm working on something and being productive but i'm definitely a lot more comfortable like just taking time going for a walk no headphones just de-stressing relaxing i'm more comfortable doing that stuff now than i was before before i think you know i was probably any like i was probably just working and working and working and working even if it was low quality work i was just always trying to fill my time um maybe masking like low mood at times masking a bit of anxiety at times and i would just keep kind of filling things up and i think that can be a bit of a problem for people as well particularly if you're of a kind of a, a workaholic persuasion then you do need to question if there are things that you're masking if there are things in your own life and in your own in your own mind that you're ignoring uh, and it's something i've worked on it's something i've gotten better at over time and i, I definitely find that I'm able to do non-work leisure things and, and feel more fulfilled now than I would have before it would have felt more like a chore. You know, I'd just be looking forward to get back to work as soon as possible. And so, yeah, like I got a, a puppy there at Christmas and it's one of those things that has like really helped me to just appreciate relaxation time, appreciate just spending time with my puppy, going for a walk with, walk with the dog, you know, playing with them outside, all these types of things. Those things are important too. You can't always be working. And if you are, you need to ask yourself, why? Is it coming from a position of trying to mask all the problems in your life or the problems in your own mind? Or is it coming from a place that you're genuinely working on something you love? If it's the latter, drive it on. Mm, yeah, that's so interesting, man. And actually, like, yeah, that that's so interesting. And I find that actually the, the busier I get, that the moments that I switch off, I become way more cognizant of being in the moment. And it's really nice. Like I was I was telling my girlfriend lately enough that um I was asking her if she ever feels like you know, you know, when you're 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 in a moment and, and you feel like everything's going really well, you know, like and it's almost like you can stand back from that moment and maybe you're around like at at, at Christmas with your your family and you know, everyone's yes. laughing, playing a joke, right? But it's like you kind of almost fall back out of yourself and kind of look down and you're like everyone's so happy and it's just like one of them moments and it only lasts like a split second that you become cognizant of it 100%. yeah and it's like oh man like and you kind of for me anyway and this is cringy like but it kind of like gives you like a nice feeling in your your chest like or whatever and i seem to be getting them more and more lately and i think it's because i'm so busy all of the time so that even if i go out for a coffee with my girlfriend and if I can completely switch my mind off away from everything, as in the podcast, work and the side gig, if I can really not think about that for a couple of seconds, it like opens my mind to like, I don't know if it's like a really deep state of relaxation or just cognizant of how, how nice life is. 
you know, or how thankful you can be for everything or even noticing happy people around you. It's it's fucking really good, man. It's and I think it comes down to and I see on your top there is living the disciplined natured life. So this all started happening a lot more for me when I started getting up at 530, doing my get that routine routine nailed in, get up, do your gym in the morning, because before I would have been oh, I might do it in the evening, I might do it in the morning, but no set routine. 100% that's and that's a great way of describing it and as the t-shirt says you know discipline equals freedom like that's that's what Jocko says and, and that's I, I think it, it holds so true it's such a simple statement but there's a lot more you know there's it, it's quite profound in its substance because like like you say if, if, if things are going well for you in life and you've worked incredibly hard on things and then you have those moments where you do observe yourself almost in the third person you get that feeling in your chest it's like the most pure sense of fulfillment or contentment you could have and it's not like it's not like an overwhelming sense of like happiness but it's almost like a, a weird kind of nervous excitement it's like yes this is this is good you know this is yeah. good. I, like, I like this more of this please you know but those those moments can't be every moment of the day okay but they occur generally i think in response to like the disciplined life of you having things in order so that when you do free your mind up, up for those moments and the to-do list is done and you've taken care of your health and you're in a good place because you, you've taken care of all the things you needed to do, now you can actually focus on that. Whereas if you're in that family event, you know, and, and, and everyone's laughing around you, but you didn't have your work delivered on time, you've been failing your exams, you're unfit and you haven't been, you know, disciplined at all, you're feeling crap because you've been gardening on food all those things are going to take away from the purity of that moment so it really does come back to that that idea of, of discipline equaling freedom and, and discipline giving you more of those moments to truly enjoy in their purest sense yeah man and do you know do you know what's so funny about it all is it it never happens when you would expect it to happen so like you know say for example me and my girlfriend went on holidays to budapest but it didn't do it for me the next the following Sunday morning we were sitting in a cafe here in Galway and I was just sitting down and I was like you know she was talking to me it was kind of like the moments in the movies like you know yeah, when the yeah, girlfriend's yeah. voice goes nang, 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 <laughs> kind, of, <laughs> kind of like that but I was kind of just sitting there in pure bliss just like with my elbow and I was kind of seeing the, mu the music was really nice cafe music there was a man like you know just kind of nodding away his head by himself reading newspaper and there was two families with young kids and they were kind of they were obviously talking about like the shared probably, you know, they both had young kids and they were doing something funny. And I was like, Jesus Christ. I was like, this is insane. How nice life can be. If you can really step back and notice it. I was like, <clears throat> it's so nice. It's, it's so nice. And I'd often be sitting now on the couch lately and I get that feeling, you know, maybe if I'm done all my work for the day and I'm just sitting down, I'm like, Oh Jesus. <laughs> I feel, I feel I'm like, what, what's wrong with you? I'm like, I don't know, like, isn't isn't life very nice? Like, and this sounds cracked now. I'm sorry, you're probably like, well, oh, not not at all, because it, it almost feels surprising in a way, because like I think um there's often a procl uh, proclivity for people to think about how bad things could be, and you know you're almost waiting for something bad to happen. So when those moments happen, it's almost like, God, is this is this is this really this is really happening to me? Like this is this is good life. I'll take this, you know, because mm -hmm. I like that about myself that you know anything can go wrong at any time and i think it's very easy 
particularly if you spend a lot of time online um, or a lot of time watching the news, you can become incredibly negative, incredibly nihilistic. You can focus on all the problems in the world. And what you're doing in those moments is you're just observing what is very close to you in your own microcosm that you live in, you know, and, and, you know, that's obviously to some degree, it's, it's a privileged position because you're not thinking about all these, um, the war that's going on around you, let's say, but it's very difficult to actually do that and to have those moments. If you're constantly stressing about what's going on in the latest news cycle, or you're stressing about, I don't know, some weird political debates online that are stressing you out. So you do have to zoom out b both from, you know, the, the stressors, in your own life, you've taken care of your work, etc. But zoom out from all of that online noise, the phone, the social media, and just look at the world around you. And that's when you observe those things, like the sen sensory experiences of the music in the cafe. You know, there might have been a nice smell of baking. There's the kids laughing. Like that's real life, and that's in front of you to be enjoyed. Mm. Yeah, and it's not the New Year's Eve party. It's not the big ones. It's it's the yeah, the mundanest of moments, and it's like. They're so fucking nice, man. They're so nice. And, um, you know, I was, and I think as well, when, when you actually, like you mentioned, you start to figure out that like life could be a whole lot shitter. It could be a whole lot shitter and be very thankful and grateful for the circumstances that you're born into and that you're currently experiencing. Because when I was telling you off air about the, the leg, <clears throat> I went, Sorry, <clears throat> I went to A&E um, when that happened, just because I'd been feeling kind of shit before it, maybe about a week, just not shit, but two or three days, you know, I was just feeling tired or whatever. Um, but my brother, he's a doctor and he just said, go to the doc, go to the A&E, he said, because if it's a clot caused by COVID or something like that, he said, you know, you just want to be sure, rule it out. So I went into the A&E and I was just sitting around, man, and I was just looking and I suppose it comes with, you know, being a deep thinker or um. I was just looking around, I was like, oh my God, there's so much potential here in that you kind of see a lot of alcoholics and stuff that are in there, you know, and then you see what is coming down the line for yourself because you see all these like people in Zimmer frames and you see, yeah. you know, like walking around, having it really tough. So I remember when I, when I came out of the hospital, I was like, I was very thankful for what I've done up to this point online or whatever. But I was also really, I really realized that I was like, but you have so much more to give and you're not giving it because you're afraid of some, someone might say something. If you do a different type of video on the internet that isn't from your podcast, maybe you want to talk on your story, but you won't do it because you're afraid of what your friends thinking would think of you. And I was like, now's the time to go boy, because you've had a look at maybe your leg could have been a lot worse. Maybe it could have been, maybe it could have been worse with clots, you know, and maybe you'd have to get a bigger layoff from work or something like that or maybe something way worse you know but i was like oh my god like you know potential have you ever have you ever thought about that like your own potential and are you fulfilling that going forward yeah 100 percent every day to be honest like that's that's kind of it's a very cliche fear but i always kind of fear the idea of, of just not fulfilling my own potential I, I don't like that idea at all and i think um I think no one can ever fulfill their potential. I think even if you're, you know, 
Elon Musk or someone like Johnny Kim, who was a doctor and a Navy SEAL and an astronaut. Oh, yes. Yeah. You, you always have. Is that what's next? An astronaut? <laughs> I'd love to. The dream set as a kid actually was always to be a pilot. You know, if I if I land a space program, I think that's maybe could have been when I went. But There's definitely not. time. There's definitely don't, time. Don't be saying that. Don't tell my mother that anyway. She'd go nuts. <laughs> but uh but yeah, like that's that's always something I think about in terms of like fulfilling potential. But I think um I think those moments, like you say, of of you know seeing others who are in a very unfortunate position, those make you quite aware of that as well. And I think like it does make me sad when I see people that like around me who I you know think that you know you could be doing a bit more. You're you're after stuck in a bit of a rut because I I think often people don't realize that you know a few changes to their life could actually make them feel much better and could. Un unravel or unveil some of that uh, potential for them and you know people end up in awful circumstances for all sorts of reasons but all of us can, can be more than we currently are I think yeah and I think <clears throat> I think the best way to go about that is actually use negative negative imagery you know like picture picture what life could be if it could be a whole lot worse and what's that is that a parent dying is it a sibling dying is it you know you ending up as someone addicted to drugs you know like and ultimately that like what is the worst thing that can happen and then just do the exact opposite do everything that you would do if you could see that for you get everything out of your system because it would be so important yeah, I, th I think you can create a bit of a spectrum for yourself in your head as well in terms of asking yourself what is the range of like the the highest version of myself and the lowest version of myself so for example if i made these sets of decisions versus these sets of decisions and i behaved in this way versus that way where would where would i end up and i think that actually allows you to have a lot of empathy for other people as well because you realize that there are life circumstances in which i could be you know a, some you know a mass criminal or something or or a drug or you know a drug addict or uh, an alcoholic or whatever other kind of problem afflicts people but there's also a set of circumstances where you know you're actually you're studying hard consistently you're working hard consistently you're putting all your effort into your relationships you're exercising regularly and there's a higher version of yourself too and that exists for everyone there's a higher version and a lower version and most of us are somewhere in between you know some people close mm -hmm. to the bottom some pe people closer to the top but i think if you appreciate that range and you make decisions each day in accordance with that and then ask yourself at the end of the day who did i who did i decide for today was the higher version of the lower version i think that's a, a nice way of making decisions and sometimes it can be it's 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 quite raw when you when you when you question yourself you know that last meal that I had, you know, was that for the higher version or the lower version? And then you have to be honest with yourself and say, that was actually for the lower version. That was a vote against my higher self. And, and then that's, it's a bit of negative reinforcement, you know, which, which has its place, but there's, there's importance there for positive imagery as well. I think of, of appreciating what the higher version looks like. Yeah. That's, that actually kind of reminds me a bit about like negative momentum. I was talking to Mahan McCann. He was on my podcast before he's, he's a guy that's like, um, doing a doctorate in philosophy I think and he spoke to me about negative momentum and he said that like you know when you're forming a habit and when you're actually um, breaking a habit he said so if if we we'll say for example you're in your routine you're going to the gym five mornings a week or maybe you have a break on a Wednesday or whatever <clears throat> but he said if you miss the Monday 
do not miss the Tuesday. Yeah. Because if you miss the Tuesday, the habit is broken. He said, so if you miss the Monday, okay, you know, regroup, regroup on the Monday, but do not miss the Tuesday morning. He said, because once you're into the negative momentum, it's probably stronger than the positive momentum. And the positive momentum is much easier to break. Yeah. And what I often do, and, and something I encourage my clients to do as well is, you know, let's say you come to the end of the day, you haven't had time to do your workout. Or maybe you have some dumbbells at home or the gym is nearby and maybe you have 15 minutes. Do the 15 minute workout. Like I've literally had days, I'm not joking, where I've done a five minute workout, like a workout that was supposed to be an hour in length, let's say a full push workout. And I go out the back and I ha- like, I'm lucky to have some gym equipment out the back. I'll crank out two or three sets of dumbbell presses before I wind down and go to bed or I'll do some push-ups or something like that. It's just about not breaking the chain that mm. there's always, there's always something, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be perfect. It's something I, I say to my clients all the time. If you have a day where, you know, we had a 10,000 step goal, you're looking at the watch, it's 8 PM. You only had two and a half thousand. Okay. Could you get that up to four before you go to bed? That that's all I need. You know, it's the same with nutrition. People have this attitude of, like one wheel has already popped, so they slash all the other tires. You know, this mm. is what happens all the time. They have a couple of bad meals, and then it comes to 5 or 6 p.m., and they say, ah, fuck it, sure, I'll just get a pizza, and I'll start again tomorrow. No, no, no. What happened earlier? That's perfectly fine. Could you? Could this next meal be healthy? Could this next meal be a better choice? Like, don't get into that negative momentum, because it's it, the longer it goes for, the harder it is to break. And honestly, even that feeling that you get from a five minute workout and it sounds so silly still is enough to say, you know, that felt good. It reminds you why exercise feels good. And now I can take off a better workout tomorrow. But five minutes yeah. is infinitely better than nothing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. That's very like, um, what is it your man from, I haven't read it, but I've kind of, uh, read a summary about it. Uh, is it atomic habits where he talks yeah, about James, doing James one, here. one push up up against the wall, not even underground yeah. start off with a push up up against the wall. 100%. Yeah. Absolutely. yeah. Like that, that really is. And I have, I have clients who genuinely start, you know, like that. I have clients because I work with a lot of people who are, have had some sort of injury or coming back from surgery and these types of things and we're trying to get them back to exercising properly and very often the workouts that we start off with they seem so juvenile and these are from people who have been you know great athletes before and then suddenly i'm saying i want you to squat down to the chair in your kitchen and do that five times or do that 10 times and it seems so silly but you increase it to the next week you're squatting without the chair and the next week you're holding a two kilo weight and the next week you're doing the five and then the next week we're having the barbell on your back before you know it you're back squatting body weight for reps you know mm. and that's how all progress is formed so if you need to start today with the push-up from the wall do the push-up from the wall and you're saying oh but i can't even do 10 i can't even do five can you do one you can do one start there that's mm. all it takes it's the same with reading People say to me all the time, Gary, how do I form a reading habit? You know, I, I just get so bored. I'm not able to read. And, and I ask them, what are you trying to read? And they say, um, I'm trying to read Plato or Aristotle. It's like, no, 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 you don't start with those books. You're <laughs> even, even I'm trying to read Jordan Peterson or, or one of these books that are a bit more philosophical in nature. No, 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 don't start there. Is there a story that you like, you know? Could you read, I don't know, it could be sci-fi. It could be a sports autobiography or something like that is a great example. Something that's so easy. You're somewhat familiar with the story already. You're going to enjoy it. And then you say, 
Yeah, but I always zone out after about half an hour. Fine, do 10 minutes. Do one page, one page. Because once you've done one page, you'll do two pages. And then once you've done two pages, you do five. And then you want to finish the chapter. That's how you start, okay? Mm -hmm. So it's such a big mistake that people make, especially with reading and especially with, you know, scientific pursuits as well. People that have no background in like medical science or something or exercise science, they go straight to like PubMed and try to read papers. You're not at that level. You, you don't need to go straight to that level. Just start with basics, basics, basics. That's that's how you end up reading a 50, 100 books a year is by starting with one page of a book you enjoy. Eventually you work your way up. Yeah, yeah, that's that's so true. And you can you can actually find your sweet spot as well. I had I had to do this with reading for so long. So I would always, you know, my aim used to be read 10 pages of a book a day. And I'd have my audio books and stuff, but we won't count them. But read 10 pages of a book a day. But I find that it probably from page five or six, it's kind of like I wouldn't have a clue what happened in the last four or five pages. So the days then that I was like, okay, I'll read 20 today. Today they were no good to me. So I've actually found my sweet spot is read four pages because I will take in everything that I'm reading and I will also write it down. It probably yeah. is to do with the like I found this through the book I'm reading at the moment and you've definitely read it. It's um, Marcus Aurelius Meditations. Yeah. It's 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 so good. But there's the proper like there there is, you know, really good value in that book. Like it's a, it's an easy book to read. And it's it's sectioned up nicely. But yeah, again, I found that through working through it, you know, like it wasn't like maybe three is my favorite number of pages to read, you know, like and it's the compound effect like you were talking about as well. Like, you know, and it happens everywhere, like, you know, and some of my favorite people on the Internet, like Jordan Peterson, he tells the story of working with somebody who couldn't tidy their room or something like that and he said yeah. well can you bring the, the vacuum to the room and he couldn't do that he couldn't even bring it in but he was like can you bring it a slightly past the door and like progressively he got to the point where he could clean his whole room and that kind of snowballed the rest of his life but it, it's so true like just make one tiny tiny decision and i do i do that all the time if i don't get a workout it's like just do 10 push-ups and it, it's never just 10 push-ups i'll always end up you know come on you pussy do do 10 more like you, you know you'll start kind of have a competition with yourself like are you gonna chicken out no you're gonna chicken out at 30 push-ups go for the 40 do another 10 later on like you know and it's just you'll be surprised how competitive you get with yourself and i've started doing this with running and everything you know um it's like you go for your 5k run and it's like 5k is very short you know that's the mental chatter when you get to the 5k it's like do 6k you know and you just start talking to yourself and I'm I'm aware that doesn't come straight away like or anything, but you know it's it it does it does come and it, it's kind of fun when you start challenging yourself. Hundred percent, and and like that, my big advice for people there would be to not not worry about what other people are doing online. So you know, like the, the reading is just such a good example because I'm always talking about exercise. So reading is is just another good example of where people will start following people that are into books and they look at you know the top fifty books everyone should read and these types of things. And they want to have read all the books. So like they're, they want to be identified as a reader in order to identify as a reader, you have to re read a lot of books, but it all starts with that one book. And you don't have to worry if your best friend has read 500 books. If you can read one this year, that's more than you've done previously. And that's fantastic. So just forget about other people, put the blinkers on. There was a time when everyone read their first book. 
there was a time when everyone did their first push-up. I remember very well when I did my first push-up because I actually was fairly unfit or, or at least definitely not strong. I wouldn't say unfit, but had no physical strength until I was about 16. I think I was about 16 when I started doing my first push-up. And that's like, that's useless. You can imagine in PE earlier in school, like drop a new 10 push-ups. I can't, I can't start. I remember that. That, that mm. actually happened. I can't start. I can't do 10 push-ups. And do one push-up. And again, and that I remember my first one. And now, you know, I'm looking at people see that that do 100 push-ups, and I'm like, yeah, I think I think I could do 100. You know, I I can do 50, I can do 60. I wonder could I push it and do 100? And that didn't start from nowhere. It started with one. Mm. This is kind of like an offshoot, no? But do you know when you're working out, you yourself, when you're working out, is your yours your your um goal is i suppose health not aesthetic is it or is it kind of a bit of both yes but like i would have started more kind of like aesthetic when i was younger and was more more into i suppose as well strength like trying to get stronger but right now like i train jujitsu so that's kind of my primary goal i want to get better at jujitsu i enjoy that as a sport and my strength training is very much a supplement to that um i do a mix of cardio and strength training um absolutely number one to preserve my health long term and to build my health long term but i also you know would like to get a bit stronger i want to maintain my muscle mass i'm not trying to pack on loads of muscle or anything but i'd like to be as strong as i can and as lean as i can at around the body weight i'm at more or less so that involves kind of a long-term commitment to weight training and cardio and of course training them for my sport jiu-jitsu yeah actually just just on the jiu-jitsu that was the reason I was talking to Mahin about um, negative momentum because I was doing jiu-jitsu for a year and oh, something happened to me I can't can't remember what happened negative momentum hit and I never went back and it was something that I regretted that I never went back to but I think the way my life is now I'm I'm, I'm going well at the three things I have and if I add in jiu-jitsu one of them is going to falter and I'm already exercising enough so I'm not at the place yet where I'm going to incorporate jujitsu again. So I'm going to hold off on it. And it's only lately I've kind of, you know, stopped like chastising myself over that. It's like, okay, you've got these three things going. Just calm down now a second. You don't need to add in the fourth just to complicate things again. Um, <clears throat> but what is, what do you, what are you, what do you do for cardio? Is it, is it running, swimming? Yeah, I would have been doing uh, far more running before I had, a couple of hamstring injuries so uh, had a bad very bad hamstring injury last year ended up having surgery and everything before that i was doing a good bit of running there were times where i get up got me into doing a bit more long distance running you know i was doing kind of 20 to 30 k runs um fairly regularly every week or a couple of weeks and um, especially during covid covid when the gym was closed and things maybe a little bit before covid but I was I was doing a lot more running um, since my injury and throughout the rehab process. Less running. I do a little bit, but I'm still trying to build it up. But I would do a lot of um, steady state on the bike erg. I have a Concept 2 bike erg and the gym I go to does too. So I really like that as a piece of equipment. And then I'll do um, some interval training as well, generally on an assault bike, skier mm. and biker would, would make up a lot of it but jiu-jitsu is very cardio heavy um already as you know if you've trained it so i'm getting a lot of a cardio stimulus from jiu-jitsu and then the additional cardio i do kind of fills up the rest of my my kind of target cardio per week a lot different though isn't it like jiu-jitsu i i never 
I never found that it transferred over too much to like to like running um, because I did quite a good bit of running before I did jujitsu. And then I started jujitsu, stopped running. And I was like, what the fuck? Why am I not fit at, <laughs> fit at jujitsu at all? I was gassed. But jujitsu is insane when you're drilling and when you're actually um, when you're actually fucking. Um, what's that called again? When you're you're. Yeah, when you're rolling, um, the slap in the fist. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, that's unlike anything you will ever do to gas you out. Like for me, very anyway, unique. very unique, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's insane, and like you can go in there, I think, with a six pack and shredded. But I can guarantee you, even if you're up against some dude with a pot belly and a purple or black belt, good luck because <laughs> you'll get a rude awakening. <laughs> It, it is the best thing to humble a man. I remember going in there, six foot three, you know, like quite not athletic build, but normal build, you know, like and I was thinking, geez, a couple of women here that I definitely kill anyway, like, you know, and smaller guys and Jesus Christ. <laughs> good luck. Good good luck to your ego in there. Say goodbye to Anna Matt and get used to uh, being in extremely uncomfortable positions as in like people farting fucking sweat everything like like you literally get everything (laughs) absolutely it's 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 modern torture but it's yeah it's 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 a brilliant sport and um i look forward to going back but it's it's serious on the joints isn't it like the fucking arms will be pulled out after it yeah you have to be you have to be responsible and i say that as someone who's had two fairly bad jiu-jitsu injuries in the last year or so but you know jiu-jitsu yeah, no, but neither of which were like the result of ego, but a lot of a lot of injuries are the result of ego in jiu-jitsu. Mm-hmm. What I mean by that is fellas getting submitted and not tapping. You know, that's that's gonna wreck your joints. You know, that that's one of the, the worst things that people do. They hold on to submissions for too long and they let their shoulder get cranked way too far. And it mightn't pop on the day, but it's just that bit sore going to the next session and now it's successfully mm-hmm. and so on and so on. That's how guys end up with terrible joints from jiu-jitsu. You can do it a lot safer, particularly if you're not competing, because if you're not doing competition training, there's really no reason to be, you know, nearly letting your joints snap, just tap like that. It's mm. a sport, okay? It's training. Um, so it, it can be done safer, but, you know, you see a lot of guys there, they're getting, I don't know if you're familiar with heel hook submissions, where cranks mm. your heel and your knee ligaments are, and meniscus is nearly being torn, and they're just not tapping, and like that's not gonna end up well in, in five years mm. yeah yeah no it's it's an insane i always like i remember every day going into the gym after jiu-jitsu and just hanging on the pull-up bar for about like yeah. two minutes just letting the whole body just like reset and just like hang oh, it felt so good man but yeah i, w- I would urge anyone go go do jiu-jitsu it's great and it'll really sort out your ego another good ego ego checker there um uh i had one more question for you but i'm after forgetting it and we won't dwell on it um gary is there anything that you would um is there any piece of advice that you would give to someone i suppose seeing as i was talking to you about being on the internet and things like that at the beginning is there any piece of advice you would give to someone that is starting out in fitness or you know maybe they have some online business that they want to get out there on online is there anything piece of advice that you'd give to that sort of a person um i think uh well one of the things i said already is to try to be very deliberate and true to yourself in the decisions that you make 
don't just make decisions for a quick buck. Don't just make decisions for clout. Don't just make decisions for what makes you feel best this week, this month, this year. Make decisions for your future self because, you know, a lot of people talk about self-care and self-love and these types of things, but the ultimate form of self-care and self-love is voting for your future self because that's that's who you should be trying to take care of is, is yourself in five years because they're the, the decisions you can actually make today. Uh, and that's what I would just suggest to people is when you wake up each day and you're thinking, well, what should I do today? Think about voting for your future self. That goes for fitness. It goes for business. It goes for relationships. It goes for every, every area of your life. It's very difficult to stay true to that because it often involves delayed gratification and sacrificing something now for something in the future. But remember that that future will at some point be the present too, and you'll get to enjoy the fruits of your labor. So that's what I try to live by. And as a result, that's what I try to tell others. Sounds good. That's pretty solid advice to me. Um, do you want to drop us your social handles and your business name for people that want to find you online? Yeah, no problem. So uh, my business is uh, Triage Methods. That's at Triage Method on Instagram, YouTube, all the usuals, really. Um, you can contact me directly if you'd like at Gary at triagemethod.com. Maybe you listen, listen to the episode and you're thinking, God, this fella, you know, I want to ask him some questions about fitness or, you know, maybe you're interested in coaching, something like that. Uh, we also have Triage Method podcast. I have my own Instagram as well. Formerly at Skinny Gaz, now at Dr. Gary McGowan. So that's D-R Gary. That's why I couldn't find you. I was I remembered your nickname or your name was Skinny Gaz. Yeah, that was the name. So now it's at Dr. Gary McGowan. So you'll find me there on Instagram. That's where I post most of my content. And if you want to message me there, I'm more than happy to answer any questions people have. Sounds good, man. It was an absolute pleasure having you on. And I hope people take um, a lot of inspiration from you. Um, I know I know you won't. You, you probably think that you're just an ordinary guy. But for me, listening to someone like you speak, it kind of lights the fire in my belly. And I hope that that's what it does for people as well to just kind of get their, their shit in gear. And a lot of things will start to go to go better for you if, if you begin to piece your life together deliberately, as you've stated. Um and set some level of foundations for yourself throughout the day because that will compound to the day, the year, the month, or, you know, yada, yada. Yeah. Gary, thank you.